The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. girl Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are the hosts of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets and politics meet. What's good, Mike? What's going on? How you feeling today? Good day. Good day. Okay. I mean, you know, good day, nervy times. Nervy times. Yeah, Lots happening. A lot we going on. have to be very careful to protect our energy and to know that it is, um, it's, not, it's not our fault. It's nothing wrong with black people, but there's something wrong with the world and the way it treats us. And we have to protect our energy and not allow ourselves to go into complete depression because we could. Yeah, you're right. We were already dealing with the Derek Chauvin case for the murder of George Floyd. And now we have to see a young, another young boy murdered at the hands of police for a, a traffic. Like, I don't understand... How do we constantly find ourselves in the same situations where officers have excuses and reasons and all type of things for why they kill people, unarmed black people? Yeah. Unarmed, like it's the same situation. I posted something on my Instagram the other day where it showed how armed white people are arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are threats. They've murdered people. They've done all type of things, but they're actually arrested. They have due process. You know, they actually go to court and, you know, and go through the whole process. But unarmed black people never even make it to a courthouse. They never even make it to a cell to even be tried. Like, and it's just crazy, man. It's a lot. Too many, too many cases. And, you know, uh, Dante, right, just looking, I I wrote on my page that when I was looking at the picture that began circulating of him and his baby, Mm -hmm. it hurt to see him and to know that he was killed. I was even more traumatized by looking at that little baby, knowing that if we don't get this thing right, he could be he could fall victim to the same exact type of situation. And the world itself is just it's just so cold. Our children and what they are experiencing and what we are all experiencing is too much trauma. There were too many black women who have black boys who text me after Dante Wright was shot and, and killed, murdered, as you said, and said to me, I'm terrified. 
I'm terrified. I'm terrified for my sons. I'm terrified for my husband. I'm terrified. Like I'm living in a literal state of terror. And that's the thing that I have, I have to be really careful because I'm already consumed. Every time my child moves, I'm like, where did you go? Where you at? What you doing? Who you talk? Did you wear this? Don't do this. Don't wear that. Those earphones in your ears mm-hmm. and where you can't hear when you're walking down the street in case they tell you to freeze or whatever. I'm already putting him through all of that. And now I'm, he wants a car. I'm scared to let him drive. I mean, he can drive and he drives well, but I'm afraid. It's too many. And, 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 and I think there are so many white folks who are now starting to say, I just don't have these same fears. And they, and they don't because their reality is different. So when we look at these cases, and we constantly see the same thing and the same response. You know, there are actually people who say, "Well, he had a warrant." You know, he had a he had a warrant. He 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 tried to run from the police, and and those things are things that you get arrested for. <sighs> you know, those are things that you get arrested for. Somebody issues a warrant, you go to arrest. You have your day in court. You prove whether you're innocent or guilty. You go through the due process. But a warrant is not a warrant to be killed. No. You know, there's no, no warrant that you can issue. A no. person that no. that commands and demands them to be killed, and no. we and we are constantly issued death warrants. You know, we are constantly issued as a black death man sentences, a, death warrants and sentences. Because this was a death warrant, like a warrant that was issued ended up in this man being killed. You know, literally killed. It's and, too much. It's way too much as a black man. You know, having like we said, having conversations with other young black men, trying to make them understand. But we get to a point where it becomes fed up. I was actually watching the news where the police tried to pull somebody over and the guy just had a gun shooting. And these things, like you, at some point, right? Yeah. At some point, It was people, a black man that was shooting? It was shooting. a black man. He was afraid. He was afraid. He was, they pulled up on him and he had a shotgun. I don't even know what it was, but I was like, yo, at some point, what do you expect people to do? And I'm not mm-hmm. calling for violence. Of course And I, we're definitely not saying that, but I'm just trying to say you cannot continue to kill people and expect them to just wait for you to kill them. Yeah, you can't. We can't constantly keep seeing these images of us being pulled over for routine, tra- you know, traffic violations or traffic stops and dying, and expect you to keep pulling us over. Mm. You know, we got. And then, not even that. You got the, the guy that was in the army. Yeah, the lieutenant. The, the, the uh, yeah, the serviceman. The yeah. serviceman. Like you, you sit there and you see that, and he did Do you everything. Know I found out today that he's the nephew of Eric Garner's mother. So wow. Miss Carr, that's her nephew. And she she tell, told the story on on um, a CNN interview. She said that her um, her niece sent her the video, and she said people send her these horrible videos all the time, and she doesn't really like to watch them. But this particular day, she looked at the video and just saw this horrific horrifying event occur, and she was like, "This is terrible," and kind of went on about her life. What she didn't know was that that was her own family member. And then she said, "Now you know that happened in December." of 2020 so this happened Mm -hmm. last year the end of last year so she's saying that she saw him february of this year at a funeral for another family member i think the uh, an uncle and she said he was very different very quiet you know you could tell that he has suffered extreme trauma it it actually obviously it changes your life look at what he went through i mean it's just like you said it's way too much and at some point Something has to happen, and I don't know what that is, but I know that when I when when I first got on social media, it was almost unheard of to hear people saying 
that they it was time to shoot back or you know or kill cops and crazy stuff like that like it was it, it was it was almost unheard of to hear that but now as time is going on and this years later since i've been on socials there's so much more of this of that what is now what i i consider to be mental illness because you, you know the trauma is making people sick yes yeah, it's, it's ptsd it's really yeah. watching something happen and fearing that it could be you you know and and that's what human human nature is self preservation yeah you know and and when you think that you're just going to continue to kill people and continue to take their lives whether you say it's an accident or whatever you know at some point it doesn't matter you know mm-hmm. you know the the, the road to hell was paid with good intentions. Right, so that so doesn't, that don't doesn't, tell us that. Don't tell us that because right. we don't care about... We're not interested We in just want to live. The bottom line is yeah. we're trying to live. And you know, and, and, and somebody, and I tell people all the time, I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to sit there. I seen Dr. Cornell West, he was doing the interview mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he could not watch what was happening, what was happening to um, George Floyd. There's yeah. no way he would be there to sit there for nine minutes. He says, there are black men in this world that are not going to watch that. We're going to have to intervene. Yep. We're going to risk our... And I'm one of those black men. Yeah. You know, so... And that's, I just that's another fear. That's another fear. That's another fear. Because I, my father, my son, my brothers, they are not the type of people that are going to... I mean, we... First of all, we were raised in a revolutionary family. So they're not the type of people that are going to stand by and watch. But, but you don't want people who did stand by and watch to feel bad like they like like it's the the bottom line is that the situation we're being put in is not right. You know what I'm saying? It's just not right. You should not have to choose between stepping into an a, a murder in progress and getting yourself killed as well. Because believe it, believe it. Those other police officers that were there who did nothing mm-hmm. to help George Floyd, yeah. oh, they would have pulled their guns on another person Definitely. that ran up on them. And those mm-hmm. and those individuals could have been killed as well. And it's like, what what exactly do we do? And and it brings me to my thought of the day, because you know, now I'm just like thinking, and in a lot of ways I feel paralyzed, you know, and I, I I haven't really been talking to you guys about it, but I've been dealing in my own mind with feeling paralyzed because I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again and getting no results. Like, I'm tired of it. You know what I mean? And I have conversations with the mothers of the movement, and I see the pain, like, the the the, the every time the Dante Wright happens, every time they run that video back in the courtroom, even if the mothers aren't watching that day, you know your socials, your family members, they're going to mention, oh, my God, we had to watch it again today. Do you know what they go through? The fathers, the father. I can't imagine what Tracy Martin, right? Mm. Trayvon Martin's father, knowing that his son was visiting with him. This happened in his community, on his watch. You know, his son was murdered by somebody that I'm sure he feels like if he had known that this was going on outside, he would have gone out there and saved his son. That's right. And he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to do that. I mean, you got so many fathers. You got Mike Brown. You have uh, Oscar, Oscar Grant's uncle, Uncle Bobby. There's fathers, mothers, sisters. You look at Dante Wright's family, his aunt. His aunt is out there screaming out, like, how did this happen to my nephew? She had to pick up her mother 
on like a 12 hour drive from Alabama to Minnesota to go pick up the boy's grandmother. Like this is some serious, serious shit. It is. It's really, it's really dramatic, traumatic, drastic. You know, I, I was watching the, the sister. She oh man, the, the young lady. She was in the middle of the street screaming and crying. Look what they did to my brother. He didn't deserve this. You know, we just a family, and there's a baby that doesn't even know what's going on. It's just a lot. But anyway, my thought of the day. As I'm, you know, we're all on the edge of our seats. Just so people know, we are uh, taping this episode today. And therefore, uh, the George Floyd, the verdict for the officer who killed George Floyd, the ex-officer who killed George Floyd, it has not been released yet. Um, But by the time this airs, it may. So we will have to come back and talk about that and update folks at that time. Um, And what I was really thinking about is like, does it make sense to even have a trial if what well, we know, because I was listening to them today, the, the prosecution rested, the, uh, the defense has rested. So now it's about to go into closing argument. And I'm sitting there listening to them saying it only takes one juror to stop a conviction, to throw the whole situation But away. it never stops our conviction. The one juror never stops I know. It's like, that's funny. That's, that's actually it very never, interesting. Because even if there's, well, well, I mean, there have been situations I'm talking about which have been Hail Marys, yeah. right? But I know for sure from being in jury duty and also having family members and friends who go to jury duty that they, that jurors feel extremely pressured, extremely pressured to like, so if there's one juror that's holding out. That juror gets a lot of pressure and a lot of talking to and a lot of convincing and working on that juror to join the rest of the group to mm-hmm. convict. They do. Yeah, I mean, people, that's the way it works, that's right? That's the process. But I bet you in this situation, if there is one juror who wants to hold out, I bet you they, it's, it's going to be, it won't be due process if we, you know, put too much pressure on that person or make them feel like their decision is being, you know, changed based upon the the opinion of whoever, the the court, the the, the prosecutor, or whomever it is. I think for me, the I judge. I think for me, if if you if you've been watching this trial, right, and there is a doubt that that I'm George Floyd's life was taken by anything other than this man putting his foot on his neck. If if you've seen his something, knee. Right, you gotta say it right. Knee. They're gonna say, was it the foot? His knee, his knee, whatever it is. <laughs> if if you watch this trial mm. over and over, watching that video, hearing those people say, "Hey, stop, stop, you're killing this man," and watching this man have no remorse, mm. no empathy, it's no sympathy, sick. not move from the same spot, it's continuing sick. as a man pled for his life. If you watch this trial where they showed where everyone over and over said that this man would have been alive. Had this foot not been on his neck, I don't. I don't think. I think that is the overwhelming consensus. If you can watch that and come back and say that this man is not guilty of killing this man, then I don't. I don't know where we go with justice in America. I don't know. But, where, but, I don't even know what we do. But it's this. not about. But that's the thing, right? So, so right now, I think the makeup of the jury is eight white folks and four people of color, probably five, five, because I think you have to have an alternate or whatever, but I don't know for sure. I know there's 12 people for sure, and eight of them are definitely white. Um, 
Now, first of all, the assumption that people of color are going to side or, or be on the right side of justice and the right side of history is not always an assumption that should be made. Because we've right. seen black folks walk into the room and say, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not black. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm American. American. I'm, I'm for, I'm human. Right. I'm we've human seen too. that. So you can't be too sure that just because there are a few black, you know, black, black and brown people on the jury that they are going to just go along with what we know is right. We're not asking you to go in there and do anything illegal. We're not asking you to lie. We're not asking you to choose the movement, uh, to, to feel sorry for George Floyd. We're talking about the law, the facts, and what you see happening in front of your eyes, right? But and 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 there may be many white people who actually side with our community because we've seen that. And somebody was There's telling me a story of, the other day. At the protest. Yeah, somebody was telling me this, a story the other day of how a white man, a white woman, lied on him. And the white husband approached the man in the store. It was something to do with a mask or whatever. And the white husband approached him. And it was another white man that got involved and told the husband, hey, your wife is lying. So, I, you know, I can't sit here and say that all the white people are going to be wrong. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't. But it takes one person. And the thing about what you're saying, that if you could watch that trial and go against justice, not against George Floyd, against justice. justice. If you could do that, it's something wrong with you. But the issue is they could be watching it and know damn well that what they see is actually unjustified and go along with what they believe is their duty to whomever it is that they serve. And the people that they serve or the whatever they serve, it is not us. It's not our communities. It's not black men. It's not. It's, it's none of that. Right. White supremacy is alive and well. And it's very possible that one person on that jury will say, I just can't do it. Like they got people to come in there and lie on the stand in, you know, in terms of, 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 of witnesses or whatever experts that tried to lie and say stuff about carbon monoxide and and it wasn't his knee wasn't really on the neck and all of this craziness. So if those people were willing to do that, then why is it that a juror, you know, and, and I, I don't want to think negatively, Mice. That's not mm -hmm. the thing when I, what I, some I'm trying to do. So I don't want people to feel like, why am I bringing negative energy to this situation? I'm just bringing reality because we see it happen all the time. And when I heard them today, they kept saying, it's almost like the media gets you prepared for what they know is coming. And I, and I was specifically watching Fox News because, you know, that's something I do. And everybody asked me, why do you do that to yourself? I have to watch Fox News because that's where I learn the lies. I see when all of a sudden they put my face up and they start talking about terrorism in the same segment. In the same segment with stories about me, Linda Sarsour, Patrice Colors of Black Lives Matter, Sean King. Like, they will put us on Fox News and in the same, same segment... Somehow terrorism and, and, and how BLM or Black Lives Matter as a movement, not the organization, is, you know, it's a terrorist or terrorist group. They say the craziest things about us. So I watch Fox News to keep up with what the opposition is saying and how they're positioning themselves. And by the way, they are using their media to organize, to organize an arsenal, a movement of people who are against us. And I noticed today they kept saying it only takes one juror. It only takes one juror. It only takes. What does that mean? 
it means exactly what they said. It only takes one juror, you know, to, to fuck it up, you know? And that's just the reality. And that's what we, that's what our justice system has. And that's why we've been failed because the one juror, when, you, when you're in the minority, you know, when you look at the reality of what America is based on and built on mm-hmm. and how the, the, the value of black life, like we have to say black lives matter because the value of black life has not mattered right. to, to, the, to the majority of this country since its inception. So that's what we face with. We, they understand that all we need is one person that understands that white supremacy has to continue to go on to be on that jury and say, look, I don't give a fuck what happened. He ain't guilty. It's not. It's you know, not. the same way that you you was having a conversation. <laughs> right, about what well, we were talking about, jury duty. Yeah. And that's why black people. Go to jury duty. Black do. people. Please. You go got to, to go you to jury got to go to jury duty. I know it's I know. inconvenient. You got stuff to do. You don't want to sit there. But the black people need hard. you. Black people need you, man. Because if you, if you don't understand what they, if you understand what they're facing, you know, you might need them one day. Wow, that's deep. No, for real. Like, as many times as we have figured out ways to circumvent going to jury duty, you don't have to go to jury duty because you I don't know, because I have a feeling. But I remember being called to jury duty for years. And yeah, like, I'm not doing no jury duty. And when I sat there and I watched, because you get to see them yeah, pick the jury. Right. And they asked them certain questions. And, and, and there was people that was like, yo... <laughs> I just I I like I know him. I seen uh, him or before. Any, or anything. They were like, I seen him before. He a good dude. I ain't gonna send him to jail. And he be like, okay, you dismissed. I be like, why you had to say that, man? Yo, I need you. What about your you jury? the people like, I yeah, know. What, what was your experience? My with experience the jury with jury was, was it was it was the, it was the worst experience I ever had watching my jury get picked. It was um probably about five white people, three blacks, and two like three Hispanics. Latino. Two has been lat- Latinos, yeah. my fault. And um, and the way they position, and I was just, and I watch how they, they, they try to set it up. It's like a battle, right? And they pick two people who are strong-willed in both different directions. You got one person that's that you could tell they're w- way more conservative, and they're not from your community, and they don't really care, and you could tell that they're looking at you in a certain way. Then you got one person that says, "Yeah, I'm from the community, and I think I could be fair on this trial and this and that." And it seems like they kind of for you. So they set it up to where there's this battle mm. with both of them. And then everybody else is kind of like a supporting cast. Mm. They just fit in here and there and they wow. can be swayed. Wow. So they know exactly what they do and they, and and you don't you don't get it. You just watch them. And you don't know jury. what's gonna happen. You don't know but what's our happening. People, we have to go to jury duty. We have to. We have to go to jury. It's so important. If there's nothing else that you take from this conversation today and from the George Floyd case and so many cases is that we have to be the spooks that sat by the door, the watchmen for our community. Um, we've got to go to jury duty and make sure that, and, and not I'm not saying go to jury duty and do anything illegal or wrong. I'm saying that too many of our people are being wrongfully convicted or yeah. unlawfully treated and unprotected, and we need you yeah. and me to bring your perspective and your understanding of the culture that the we live. So when they having these conversations, they say, "Oh, he had to do this because of that." You like, well, I, I've done this before, and I ain't do none of that. So why does that make him guilty? When you when you having a conversation with a novice about our culture, about our communities, about how we think, how we move, things that even go on in our communities and in our neighborhoods, 
and then they tell you that these things that they talk about symbolize crime wow. and symbolize violence. Is and then they be like, wow, that does symbolize violence. But you don't, when you come from that, you be like, well, I did all of those things and it wasn't violence. When it we did it, it didn't it mean was, I needed to go to mean, prison it wasn't 25 about, years. Yeah, it wasn't about that. Right. So you have a different perspective that you have to be able to bring into this justice system, into these courtrooms, and onto these juries so that you can make sure that we're actually getting a fair shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the real. That's, that's the thought of the day. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. That's how we own it! So today, our topic is about sustainable living and healthy eating choices. And to help us with this topic, there's two of my favorite people. You know, one of my favorite lyricists of all times. You know, a brother that, you know, I've admired, been close to, you know, came up in the ranks and just watched him continue to just elevate his mind and still be one of the most stellar lyricists that I've ever heard in my life Mm. is my brother Styles P, a.k.a. The Ghost, and his wife, Aja Styles. They have been on this health thing. Like, I've watched from the first juice bar to continuing watching Styles continue to get healthy and watching them come together and teach the world about health. So it's an honor to have y'all. Royalty, royalty, king and queen. Thank you. I I just want y'all to know that I'm starstruck, right? Like, you know, the younger, the newer artists, I'm kind of trying to learn who they are and get into it. (laughs) 
But all the folks that are veterans in the industry, I just love so much. And so um, Styles P, amazing to have the opportunity to sit with you. you. And your wife is beautiful. And she's probably the actual brains behind everything that you do. And so we're going to talk to the brains today and learn. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 we're talking about sustainable living and healthy eating. For African American, for African American people, yeah. yes, yes, because yeah. we happen to be African American. Yeah, that's people. true. So, so we want to talk about how we can eat healthy. Yeah. Yes. And, you know what do we need to do? And is you know there was a there was a um, Huffington Post thing that you did like in 2015, and you talked about there were things that our communities were lacking. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, access, education, and I forgot the third thing. Yeah, the third thing was that I think. Um, that that we had too many groceries. So we're not, no, we don't have grocery stores. We're lacking there, right? Yeah. There are food deserts in our communities. We don't have the things we need. But we have liquor stores. We have we liquor have stores. We have all the unhealthy mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel like that's the same problem or you feel like we're doing better? Yeah, because that was in 2015. So it's been, what, six years now? Six so years since Well, I'll start. It's a slow crawl. You know, it's yeah. it's a slow crawl. There's definitely some change and improvement, but you know, the more awareness is the more improvement and the more change. So we got to keep working, you know. But there definitely is change. But the real problem it just comes down to the demographics again. You know, even in even with the supermarkets or what's available there, it's just not good quality. You know, it's not of anything that's it's, it's nutritious. So that's the issue. It's just changing the entire game. And making sure that we are thriving in our communities with the right produce and the right nutrition so that, you know, we can elevate ourselves, you know, to be the best that we can be. Because we're so displaced. So the food is where we start, you know. But there definitely has been some change. Yeah. So I will say that. It's just not major, you know. It's not major enough. There's actually, it's been major change. But what it really is, is as, as brown people, you have to realize in the black community, you have to realize how long we've been behind the eight ball. Wow. Like if you if you if you're fortunate enough as a black person to have money and you compare to when you live in a you know an affluent wealthy neighborhood as in contrast to a poor neighborhood, you get to see how much behind on the eight ball we are. So there there's not enough styles families, pharmacy for life, juices for life. It's not about just us doing it. It's us as a whole as a people. Like cause when you if we mention fast food and I ask you to ramble off fast food names. You're gonna you, you can ramble off at least twenty before you even have to slow down, especially in the hood. So we've made major change. The information is getting out there, but the change we stand for, we do not expect to be alive to see. Mm. To be honest with you, you know that they have hundreds of years ahead of us. So we're glad to see the changes coming, and you know people are picking up. But until we really understand that. Um, there's, there's war in many different facets. Yeah. And the easiest way we always say is to knock everybody food. off is through the food, yep. through the, the water, and through the miseducation. So until we get a lot further with that and we have everybody on every neighborhood and every poor neighborhood and every ghetto, Blood Crip, MS-13, neutral bus drivers working until everybody's on that one tour, let me feed my family right and let me take care of myself first and foremost, then my family. You know, we just scratching the surface, but we did a lot of scratching on the surface. But we got got a lot more to do. You know, you talk about juices for life, pharmacy for right. life. You know, and I've known you for years. When the first juices for life opened, 
in Castle Hill. And I was there and I was like, oh, Castle I got Hill where? You Castle Hill in the Bronx. That's in the hood. That's when the Well, listen. Nah, people need to know where Castle Hill is. Yeah, I remember like that was the first time I'm like, okay, they got the juice bar. Because I remember that was one of the Rough Riders things. They used to be in Harlem around the juice bars a lot. And a lot of people, so I used to go down there in Harlem and meet with a lot of the different Rough Riders. So I know that was always a thing that, you know, there was people were around the juice bar. But when you first opened it, it was like, damn, they actually opened their own. So when did you start to make this healthy transition? Like what created it for you? Um, My wife. Mm. Right. As usual. <laughs> my wife making sure I eat right at home and, and starting to tell me to incorporate, you know, because when you're at home, at home, I always ate well. You know, she's an excellent cook and a health-minded cook. So I always ate well, but at that time I was on the road a lot and doing a lot of fast food. So between that and um, actually getting in trouble and realizing that I was somewhere chemically <laughs> way off, I did't know what was <laughs> happening. I was just chemically, I'm probably just naturally off, but the food wasn't really helping. So I started, um, you know, at the time I was actually getting getting into a lot of you know trouble. I had multiple cases, so I was trying to eat home at eat eat healthy at home but also spend my time when I go outside somewhere productive where I could work and still get things done. And shout out to my partners, um, Nye and Leo, you know. Nye had the juice bar at the time in, um, in Harlem on 2-5th. So mm -hmm. I used to go there. It used to be about me, seven other customers. And it just brought some, between my wife and that juice bar, it brought so much change. I lost weight. Um, my skin, my, my eczema cleared up. My post-nasal drip left. My cyanitis. Left, I stopped carrying around right. two guns all the time. <laughs> like, it, like you know, your whole life changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you know, so everything changed, and so it kind of just collabed. But then also, it kind of hit us. You know, it, it was a time we we started moving to better places and being able to see money more. And we just kind of noticed like what was happening to our people and in, in the neighborhoods, and we started like doing our own self education on how to heal ourselves. Um, for family issues, self issues, lady issues, men issues, just trying to figure out how we didn't have to just go run to the doctor every time and how we could, you know, start incorporating things. And that was pretty much her idea of just incorporating things in the household um, to take and just, you know, to add to our, our nutrients and into our body. So it was kind of, I was getting it from every angle, to be honest with you. And it just, I became a sponge and just started absorbing and just kind of noticing what was going on. So tell us about the two uh, businesses that you all have now. Uh, what are the purpose? What's the difference in the two? Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> what do you like for that? How ready you was for that one? Anyway, it's so irritating. Anyway, so Juices for Life and Pharmacy for Life. Juices for Life is first, and you know now we're on our fifth store. With wow. Juices for Life. The last one was just yeah. um, we just opened on Fordham Road about a couple of weeks ago. So where where are um, they all? Brooklyn. Three in the Bronx, two in the Bronx. Three in the Bronx. Three in the Bronx, sorry. One in Yonkers. One in Yonkers. Yeah, three in the Bronx now, one in Brooklyn, one in Yonkers. And our online store, Pharmacy for Life, serves anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. When, we, now, was in, when we was in um, Kentucky, somebody, y'all sent us a bunch of stuff, so we wanted to say thank you for that, too. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're Love. welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, we're always here to support. You know, Pharmacy is our sister company where we sell, you know, supplements. So it's just an extension of the brand and trying to just get more, again, more product, more awareness. And as we learn, we pay it forward. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. as we learn and, and things work for us and he'll, you know, heal us, we want to share the information and 
help to heal our culture because we really need as many healing foods and ailments, you know, and things to heal our ailments as possible. So, like, I want to you know. take my sea moss. I, I use a lot of yes. Dr. Savy yes. products. Um, right. The alkaline, exactly, all the alkaline yes. products, but it's so many pills to swallow. So many big pills. And I'm not, I don't like swallowing pills for various reasons. Right. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out what do I do? I know people she, make the sea moss and stuff. Yeah. You yeah. make, you make, you do you like peanut butter or almond I butter? I love peanut butter. All right. So if you love peanut butter or almond butter, just, oatmeal. Yeah. Get you some sea moss, boil it, just oatmeal. Open the capsules and put them in. Yeah. Throw it in some, throw it right in a, um, peanut butter, oatmeal, banana shake. Mm. And you won't even taste the sea yeah. moss. Blend right in, get all your benefits. Peanut yeah. butter, yeah. oatmeal, and banana together. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a way to, to make sure you're getting what you need. You just got to be a little creative. You know what I mean? To figure diligent. it out. Yeah. To, to get it, to ingest it. Because, you know, it's super important. So you just have to trick yourself, your body a little bit. But you'll you'll figure it out. But that's an absolute way to take it. It's definitely added to your smoothie. Um, oatmeal is good. Uh, yogurt is good. Just capsules, you know, just open the cap. How many capsules does he it's um, six, It's six capsules of the sea moss. And yeah, then I think, and then, yeah, it's a lot. And, and so what I did once was try to open them and put it in like juice and drink it, but it was chalky. So I couldn't get it down. You get know, it, get into the shade. making your own isn't that difficult. Mm. Mm. You can make your own. You just boil it dry and let it, let it sit and then boil it. And then you just store it in your fridge and you scoop it out and whatever you want. Yeah. You we got to talk through that on another time yeah. so we can learn. Yeah, and and, and, yeah, and also with more time you. on the show, we can actually educate people on exactly yeah, do what because they do. I, people don't know, like people want to eat healthy, right? Like yes. we've been eating bad for just so long. Right. And we don't, our taste buds are not even used to you know, healthy yeah. food. So it yeah. tastes, it don't even taste yeah. fulfilling. It's true. It. So what, 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 what is you, would you say, how would you start to, it, yeah. you know, approach it slowly and, and gradually just um, change it over? What, what I would suggest is two things. First, if we're talking about sustainability, that means you're eating to live, right? That means you want to eat healthy. You want to eat good things. Mm -hmm. So first start with reading the ingredients. And when you start to read the ingredients and you see this highly processed and artificial flavors and preservatives, et cetera, just eliminate that because that's no, no, nothing good for you at all. So you start there, right? Then also- Throw out half the refrigerator. Okay. Then you, <laughs> then you also have, yeah. Then you, you know, it's funny because we wanted to raid people's fridges. We thought that would be yeah. a great show to raid people's, I mean, seriously, because people aren't aware, you know, they're not as educated. And I believe people really want to, learn and do well but the, the second aspect is um balance balance mm. so you can eat certain things but try to balance it out with some good things and some healthy things so it's like if you have some go-to regular regulars that you make mac and cheese wings whatever it is try to make or at least have about three or four plant-based or healthy not necessarily versions or some something that you can go to that's healthy as a balanced meal, you don't need to eat the certain way all the time. You know, animal protein with every meal and dairy and so forth. So it's about finding a balance too. You can start there. Yep, yeah. that was perfect. And and then also pick one day out the week. Like pick yeah. one day out the week where you want That's to start saying, "All right, I'm I'm not gonna eat how I eat. I'm gonna try to eat clean today. You know, I'm gonna eat such and such. Don't eat the meat. Eat the sides. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Don't use the butter, use smart balance. Just try to pick that one day. And then that one day, see if you could do it again next week. And then if you can get four times in, next day, next month, try to switch it to two days if you can. Mm. And like she said, it gets back to balancing and understanding you know your body. It's like, it's kind of taken in the aspect, like if we go out to the club, right? And we drink and you, and you and it, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you drink too much, you know that next day, drink and hydrate. You gotta hydrate. You gonna have to drink that water. You gonna have to drink that Gatorade. You gonna need ginger ale. You gotta sweat it out. Do some push-ups, jumping jacks. Same. You gotta you gotta apply the same mentality to food. And then you gotta also apply information. Like 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 the first thing you said. It's like hard for us, and we don't know. It's because we're not taking that time to make this information important to us. Like, like you have to make, like, if you know, like, both of y'all look very nice today. You know where all our clothes come from. You know where all the drip comes from and how much it costs. You buy the best drip. You, you, you know, you wash your outside of your body as much as possible. What about the inside? Mm. What information are you looking up for the inside? Are you grabbing your phone? For, you know, we looking up Instagram, Twitter, Fashion stuff, car stuff, jewelry stuff. Look up what's up with your heart. Look up what's well, up ailments. with your chest and yeah. your ailments, your body, what's wrong with you, how you can fix it. Like take time to investigate and get some information going. And that's that's what we are firm believers in. Because I think a lot of people think you gotta be some like, like, like a guru or some kind of, you know, like tree hugger or super nerdy or super yeah. healthy. Nah, dog. We just we all it. possess the, the information. We all get yeah. the information also about think- balance. People also think you have to have a lot of money in order to well, that's eat not healthy. True. Yeah, and that's a, that's that's, a, that's actually not, not true. true. Exactly, you're paying more money for meat. If mm-hmm. when you go to the when you go to the supermarket and you if you take the meat products off your diet off your off your list, your your bill is going to drop significantly. Significantly, you're paying for carcass. Like you're paying essentially for a dead animal. You know what I'm saying? Like you're paying bulk of your your grocery is for dead meat. So yeah. it's like once you eliminate that, uh, it's actually not expensive at all. It's actually super cheap. <laughs> it's super cheap. It's, it's, it's cheaper, it's more efficient once you start Most understanding yeah. how to shop and what to buy yeah. and what you're exactly doing yeah. for your body. Exactly. Now, Whole Foods is definitely more. I was more, about to say Whole Foods Whole now. Foods is my, <laughs> by certainly more expensive than ShopRite. Yeah. But here's another thing. Like, see, this is the thing. Pardon me for saying the thing so much, but this is the the cause for us being in this health world and not being the typical health people. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and you're black and you're brown and you're paying attention right now, and then my brothers and sisters just brought up a great question, and a, you know, but we don't say that shit about Jordans. Mm-hmm. We don't say that shit about the new iPhone. If you got the newest Jordans, you got the newest Nike tech suit, you got the newest sneakers, you got a Roly. You got an iPhone watch. You got the newest everything. You got all of that. Don't start complaining about the shit that's going to save your life. So you can wear that stuff. Don't complain about the shit you got to spend that's going to save your life if you ain't complaining about the shit that you're spending that ain't going to save your life. You understand what I'm saying? That's a fact. So that's some shit we do in the community where it's like, cool, like, when, you, when people tell me, I be, I just try to tell them straight fuck out of here with that dog. Right. <laughs> like, look at your sneakers, dog. You got them new retro shits on. Yeah. That shit's cost 700 That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? How much does snapback cost? How much does fitted hat cost? Yeah, the, the, the real ones, yeah. Right. <laughs> How much you, like, so we don't want to hear that expensive shit. You got to start doing your homework, be diligent, and give a fuck about, it, uh, about yourself enough to say, all right, 
let me spend my money at least on some shit that's gonna benefit myself. Yeah, cause how the fuck is a Gucci man bag gonna help you? <laughs> when you when you really understand how much we're targeted and how much like they're using the food literally to target us, then it almost becomes a defense mechanism to just be like it's like mm. you know you don't say f you when you're on yeah, your one. It's like it's like a bulletproof and, vest. They shooting you know, at you. You got to put that so vest on. That's your best defense. You know, wow. is your food understanding that. You that's know, dope. So. See, I like the way you break it down. Styles, we break it. That's what. That's what. You know what it is. That's what we do to activism, right? Because a lot of people. Yes, see, you do. They you say. Do. They say you activism is so something well. that's so far fetched, and it's only yes. these type of people who's supposed to do that. I'm like, nah, dog. The same way you want to go to the club, we go to the club too. We hang out. We do all the shit you do. We just ain't gonna watch our people die, and we're gonna stand on the right. front line to make right. sure it don't happen. Right. So that's that's yeah. what we doing right. is evolutionizing everything. This is new world. That's, I'm an evolution. You know, I tell people I'm not a revolution. I'm revolutionary. I'm an evolutionary. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because this ain't your mother's and grandmother's revolution, you know, um, um, civil rights organization. This shit is different. Right. It's going to look like the culture. Like, and right. that's why I love y'all. Y'all don't, not know, you say we ain't got to be no guru and no nah, nerd yeah, hugging know. the tree. Nah, I'm yeah. from the hood. I do the same shit y'all do, but I'm just going to make sure that I live long enough exactly. to be able to, to see my mm -hmm. great grandkids. I'm going to live, I'm going to yep. eat healthy, I'm going to take care of my body, and you can do it too, the same way, from the same yep. culture we from. It's, exactly. it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking, my son always says it's not your grandmother's movement or grandfather's <laughs> movement, but he is so in the walking in the light of Reverend Jesse Jackson in some ways wow. by making up words. And evolution wow. is a new, it's evolutionary. That's I'm an evolutionary. That's his new word. <laughs> that's and right. that's what Reverend Jackson used to do, just make up good well, words. Well, you just take, you got to take, words stop. yeah, you got to take those, you, the thing is this, you, we don't, I don't discredit none of our know, ancestors. Right. We stand right. on their shoulders. They did things, right. but we're going to take what you did and, and we're going to modernize it and that's make it, right. make that's it right, flavorful right. for this culture. So these kids can feel attached to it, can see it like, exactly. okay, it don't look, exactly. you know, it don't you look so far-fetched. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They have to resonate. It has to resonate. You know what I'm saying? They got to feel you. That's Otherwise, you're speaking in a whole different language to them. You that's know? Right. And it's I all, and all of this is attached, like, Every one of us, like, we was just talking the other day, I say, like, your movement, you know, um, Banner's movement, Trey's movement, yeah. Talib, Immortal Technique, it's all, whether it has different faces in different times, it's all part of the same movement. Okay. It's for the same people. Like, what we do is a big part of understanding you eating clean and drinking clean has a lot to do well, you know, what our ancestors gave us, but yeah, we're just sure. trying to tell you in a new way. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? We just, we ain't doing nothing new under the sun. Y'all right. ain't doing nothing That's new right. under the sun. Right. We just doing it in a new way. And like you different. said, we're going to be like, yes. all right, we're getting back to our roots because a big part of you eating clean and drinking clean is so you could be calm too yes. and, and working out so you could be calm as mm. a black man. Because a lot of that shit got to do with, I wanted to check my temperament because I can't be one of them running around here and just keep fucking up everybody, especially other black people. <laughs> exactly. Like, You're right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. process. That shit ain't gonna work, so it gotta kind of get back to So you to saying your... that if we eat better, well, my son eats better, and he there has been a change in him since he started oh. eating. He's, he, he doesn't eat meat, not not really, very, very rarely. It's a process. Only it's a process. Eats, That's great. Yeah, he only That's eats excellent. seafood. He eats double vegetables, all of that. Me, I'm struggling, and our team members, some of us are struggling. We have one that is a vegan yeah. completely. So, you know, we do balance it out, and we learn 
um, how to eat better. And I think my anxiety, because I have, I have diagnosed anxiety. And mm. I do notice that the more water I drink and the more that I take care of myself, it's like the temperament gets better. Yeah. I want to ask a question that goes a little away from this. You know, okay. you know, X just passed. You yeah. know, so that that was a that was a big loss for just the world. And you know, and I know how how, how y'all are. You know, I know that's family. Like, how do y'all feel? Like when you heard, like, how have you been dealing with the process of? Um. Well, God bless them first and foremost. That's right. All those go to heaven. That's right. Um, we deal with the process how we deal with with all processes. We understand that um God's decision is much more powerful. And wiser than ours. We deal with the physical loss, but we we kind of understand it's a big part of the health thing too. We understand that mm -hmm. energy never really dies. You know what I mean? He may be physically gone, but you know, he's here. Like we've lost a child. Uh, obviously, people know to those who don't know, we've lost a child. So yeah, definitely. The way we deal with losses is understanding it. Um, for me, what's funny is um from reading my wife's book, she, she wrote a book, The Ethereal Hike. It's given me a process with understanding that, you know, the privilege of losing sometimes mm. and understanding because it gets you, you know, kind of gets your energy closer to God if you don't break down. You're gonna get, you're either gonna break all the way down or get closer or to God open. and find break open, break open yeah. and, you know, or find yourself find yourself closer to God. So it's inevitable we all gonna go. We're definitely gonna see my brother again. That's that's inevitable. We'll see all our loved ones on the other side, but we just, we keep it pushing. And every time we, we catch a major loss in the community, it just wakens us up to understand we have why more we of a job to do yeah. and why we do exactly what we do. And, you know, put tie the hoodie up, pull the boots up, get back to it. That's right, man. All right, Pete, to the dog, man. I just wanted to say that real so, quick. You know, um, but you know, I love you, Styles, man. Styles is one of the first dudes when I came I up from too, prison. Mike. You know, I was like rapping. I'm like, Styles, I need you to get on this joint. He's like, all right, Mike, let's do it. Yeah, he showed up. And he showed up. And it's not a lot of people, you know, it's it's very few authentic. I think the Rough Rider camp, is, in, just in general, is one of the most authentic yeah. camps that I've ever it's been dope. around in the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody is who they say they is in the camp. From the beginning, inception, when I came into this, they embraced me, always showed me love. So, I, you know... I just want to say love. that you know I love you, brother. Always and been nice. You know I love you too. That's right, man. So watching you and your wife just flourish yes. and move in this space and continue to just grow and evolve and package health. You know I would never. This is this ain't something that you would thought Styles do. Like people like Mice, I would have never thought that you was gonna be in civil rights. Nobody would have thought that Styles was gonna be someone that was a health nut. Styles was. Ready, whatever. Like, listen to me. I was, I've been in the camp, and I've been there. Whenever something was happening, Styles was the first one. Like, he was like, "What? Ready. What happened? What are we doing?" Listen, ready. and I'm like, "Ready, always." You know what I'm saying? So when you see the evolution of him, man, is is a salute. You just gotta salute him, man, and congratulate you, man. Thank you. And but this, what this is a serious war. Like we said, it's not just about health. It's about you know, because I want everybody who's tuned into us right now to understand this is not. Just a health wave, my people. This is some real shit. Like, they are not. You can look at the numbers. Go look at the numbers. We ain't lying. The numbers will tell you the truth. Think about your family. You ain't look at the numbers. Think about your family. Think about your aunt with high blood pressure, yeah. diabetes, heart problems, stroke, gout. You know, just think about it, dog. And, you know, we used to being on this shit all day. 
and you know, talk about popping shit and what's lit and what's fly. And that's cool. We're gonna do that. We're gonna continue to do that. We love nice shit over here. Mm-hmm. We really do like nice shit. So, but at the end of the day, we gotta take care of our own. We gotta take care of our people. Mm-hmm. And we gotta understand that this shit is a war. This ain't just get healthy, look good, throw some nice clothes on. So Jews sell herbs and oils, run out of the thing. No, we understand exactly what's happening and we plan our part in the wall. If I was to warn y'all, it's it's the same shit as if we were standing on a block. I say, yo, homie, they're gonna spend that, you spend that corner, they dumping out. You ain't got family over there, you ain't got no personal problems, you ain't got nothing invested, you wanna avoid that. We ain't doing that with the food and the miseducation though. Mm. And that's what we're here to make sure it happens. We're going to stop spinning that block. We're going to avoid that block. (laughs) Well, thank y'all so much for being with us today. Just listening to you, it just brings me to all the people that died um, in the Black community, particularly throughout this pandemic with COVID-19. And most of them, the issue was heart disease and just pre-existing health Mm. conditions, asthma, Uh, things that we know healthy living can at least help with. Not saying that you're going to be 100% Mm -hmm. healed tomorrow, but you certainly could be in a better situation. So Styles P and Aja side. Ajua. 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 That's such a beautiful name. Two beautiful people. Thank y'all so much for being with us. And we want you to come back and help educate. Continue to educate. Yes, sir. And we want to promote your products on the show. So we definitely going to... Could connect with y'all and make sure that we get. We you said it's a war, man, and our people need to make sure that they prepare. Yes, 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 it is. Absolutely. God bless. God bless. Love, love, y'all. Love. Salute. Salute. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book Two Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe after surviving a hit on her life. Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there... 
keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. So our Changemaker segment today, um, you know, and since we're in keeping with this theme of healthy living, uh, sustainable living, I think it's so important, Mike, for us mm-hmm. to really start trying to help shift the minds of our people to uh, more sustainable living choices and also understanding that after this pandemic, we cannot depend on the government and, you know, the larger society to protect us. We have to learn how to protect ourselves and how to make sure that our communities are set up in ways that we can survive when things get bad. Famine, because there was actual like food deserts for real. There was stuff really happening yeah. during this pandemic where people couldn't get the things they needed. Um, but also um, in terms of uh, sustainable living, we have someone today, a change maker, an incredible young man who's actually from Ethiopia. Um, and, you know, I think one of the other things that we learned is that because the pandemic impacted us all over the world, we need to share ideas with black people and other people from around the world so that we can find the best tips for us even here in America. And so Jodahi Bazabi uh, is an environmental expert uh, who lives in Ethiopia. He has He's the host of a show that I've been watching, which is actually really, really cool, called Influencer. Uh, and, you know... He's funny, so we're about to get somebody who can who can who can help retrain us and make us laugh all at the same time. Thank you so much for being with us, Jodahi. Thank you, thank you very much. The, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for the invitation. So tell us what you do. Tell us because you listen. I got five jobs down here for you. You got all this stuff. We yeah, need you to got know a lot of jobs. What, <laughs> what exactly? Um, do you do, and, and, and I know you're, you're using your expertise on your show to talk about these things, but drill down for us and let us know where you are and how your knowledge base can help us with sustainable living here in the U S. So, uh, once again, thank you very much. Uh, it's a great honor to discuss about this. I mean, uh, this is basically what I do all the time. Um, so in my background, I'm an applied biologist. I grew up in the city, uh, born and raised. I've always wanted to work in um, something that could um, potentially impact in regards to nature and sustainability, but I haven't seen it from any other aspect, but the scientific aspect of it. So growing up uh, being called uh, uh, the trash, mobile trash can, uh, because I used to uh, carry a lot of trash in my bag or in my pocket because my friends threw away their trash in my pocket actually. Most of the time, I was um, um, somehow that geek with a lot of um, um, understanding about environmental sustainability mm. and always talked about it, even um, chilling with my friends. Uh, fun facts that I found out about the ocean uh, or, or, or different things. So uh, I was always that person that asked about a lot of questions about environmental sustainability, and it pushed me into applied biology. Mm. So being an, an applied biologist showed me the scientific aspect of it, but not the rest, you know? So there's the negotiation aspect, mm. the, 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 the business the aspect of it. So many, so many other um, sectors out there that are working on environmental uh, protection, but we still do not understand it. 
So one thing led to another, me speaking about it, me put, putting out those vibes about environmental sustainability, people started pulling me in into projects and youth-led organizations such as Youth, Network, uh, youth Negotiation on Climate Change Convention, mm. uh, Green Retract Concepts, uh, which I helped uh, build um, in, in so many ways. And I've had the chance to, to also intern in the Ministry of Environment in our country and for our um, for our uh, sub for our city at Saba City Resilience Project Office, which actually works on how to make our city as resilient as possible. Mm. So, throughout my um, college years, I've been volunteering here and there to to come up with solutions on how we could uh, potentially uh, solve this issue. But I still didn't see an impactful organization or network um, that are working on environmental sustainability from a wholesome aspect. <laughs> so that's how um, um, I wanted to create a platform where people could come in and have their own perspectives in regards to environmental sustainability and put in their a small contribution to the bigger cause that we are all trying to do. Uh, because I believe uh, art could speak about environmental protection just as um, um, the scientists could. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to create a platform called Influencers with an E. Uh, e represents the environment, obviously, Earth, uh, Ethiopia, education, and entertainment, mm -hmm. all wrapped up together. Mm -hmm. So um, that is the, the, the word that we were trying to use. And um, it started off with Joda's influence at first. It still is going. We're, we're still trying to bring in um, um, friends from different parts of the world and in Ethiopia that are working on environmental sustainability and trying to revitalize the younger generation in our country mm -hmm. um, and, into working on environmental sustainability. Mm. So on your show, you have a lot of interesting topics. And one of them is climate anxiety. How does climate change or alter anxiety? You guys really did your assignments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, I mean... Um, mental wellness and, and every aspect of it is a huge, huge priority and I wish in everybody's life. And I haven't had that much of an issue with any mental disorder, thank God, for so many um, years of my life. But I've always had that reservation, that that itch, that, that um, 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 sense of um, not doing anything, not... Mm -hmm contributing anything to the cause you know um you hear um, i don't even watch much of the news anymore in regards to environmental protection because it is it, just it, it takes me to places that i don't want to go so i usually uh, focus on new innovations that are working for the environmental protection um, um new ways new science that that is a good news for our world uh because that actually drives me but when I hear um, small islands getting eaten up uh, by the ocean, mm. um, this, this uh, very hard um, scenes from the polar bears in the, in the northern part. Also in Ethiopia, uh, while you were just discussing, uh, the desert locust has been infesting in our country, um, not only in our country, but in the Horn of Africa because of the winds uh, the climate change pushed 
the the desert locusts uh, in this area and made it stay here because it usually just travels into the desert and they just die out. And they're usually the cycle goes on in a small manner. But now because they are not able to 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 be taken by the wind, which their usually route is, they stayed and almost devastated half of more than half of uh, uh, our country's mm-hmm. food. Um, 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 yeah. So, anyways, I've I've always had uh, that reservation. I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm still not doing anything mm-hmm. uh, for the cause. I need to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's just, it's it's something that I'm still trying, struggling with. And yeah. I hope. Yeah, um, I think I I totally understand what you mean because I think from for all of us, it's like we know we see the weather changing. We see. When it's supposed to be cold, it's hot. And I mean, really hot days are changing so quickly. Then all of a sudden a snowstorm comes and it's something that is like a blizzard from pre like years and years and years ago. Like there's so many things that's changing. And and like even the season that we're in right now, the pollen and the, uh, you know, the allergy season is so strong. So we know something is happening, but then we notice that the climate change conversation is so political. So you have, you know, Republicans who want to ignore it. And then you have Democrats that want to try to do something about it. And then, you know, and it starts getting into money. And so it does create a level of, of anxiety where even people like me, I, I have anxiety to the point where I'm going to actually worry about it. But somebody like my son is going to be like, I'm just going to eat right. I'm going to mind my business. We're just going to keep it moving. You know what I mean? But it does create in all of us a tension of like, if we know that the country, like the, what is they they say it's melting. We're melting. Is that what we're, okay. So if we're melting, then what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? And who knows? And then you have people telling you to put solar panels over your home. It's a lot of information to take in, especially when we've been taught none of it from childhood. Mm-hmm. So that I, I mean, not to cut cut you off, but that is basically what we're trying to do: trying to dial down the conversation, that the chatter which we see on the TV screens mm-hmm. or different places, which uh, makes the problem even more bigger, and to to make the smallest change as much as possible, uh, so that we could have. Uh, the biggest impacts mm. at some point because um i don't know if you guys have seen the videos but some of the videos are so simple where we just rethink of what we do for example just not using your straw uh, or reusing your uh, um, clothes for uh, for a bag maybe just reusing upcycling uh, or just refusing just not not doing things that you're you're not supposed to do uh walking into the distances uh just small distances which you can uh walk to mm-hmm. uh, there are so many other aspects of it which you could bring to you could bring in the health aspect the business aspect the political aspect from all all sorts of uh um, environmental arena and um we can all win at the same time so that's that's basically what we're trying to do also from the younger generation we're trying to work with the uh, uh, different high schools in our country uh, about environmental sustainability. So uh, we hope we could make a better change even uh, and influence uh, the rest of the world. Influence with the E. With the E. So well, well, yep. we, we appreciate you, man. And environmental 
education is very important, man. A lot of us don't focus on it because somehow we feel like it's just somewhere over there. A lot of people don't, you know, they don't see it until it actually hits home. You know, I don't know exactly what you deal with in Ethiopia. I don't know that, you know, how you actually, with the environmental changes or you're dealing with there, but I see them here in America and I'm watching how the weather's changing. I'm watching how, you know, how plants are dying, how water is not as healthy as you, a lot of things that we're dealing with, you know? So I think the work that you're doing is commendable mm-hmm. and we appreciate you. You know, where can they find you? Where can they find your show? Where can they find you? You know, if they want to be more educated about what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, it's such a huge honor uh, to be invited to this show. Uh, my name is Jodahe Beza Petros. Um, it's my personal handle is Jodahe P. Uh, simple as that. Uh, but if you want to follow uh, uh, what we have been doing so far as Joda's influence, it's just like that. Joda, influence with an E, uh, with no space. And now Influencers Network is officially going to be launched. Um, uh, we are working on our websites, but the social media accounts are all up. Influencers Net, N-E-T. Okay. Well, we appreciate okay. you, man. Sounds dope. Continue to do the work, man. We're supporting you. Hopefully, some people will see this and say, "Look, we need to fight for our environment, man. We need environmental justice. Environmental justice. You know, your your activism is definitely appreciated and respected, brother. So continue to do the work. Change maker. Thank you. Appreciate you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a beautiful time. The final season of Power Book Two Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life. Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. 
So how do you pronounce the brother's name again? Okay. Why would you do that to me? But I think it's... I'm going to say JB. I'm going to call him JB because I can... <laughs> JB. JB. And just, his name is like, you, you got to... We're going to... You can see gonna it figure, right gonna, here. It's going to be on the screen, so but you will know. I'm not going to mess that man's and name up. And for those people who are listening, uh, who can't see it, let me read it to you I'm properly. I'm going to, it's, I believe it's Jodahi Bizabi, but JB. I'm going to call him JB. <laughs> but I want to spell it properly. It's J-O-D-A-H-I-B-E-Z-A-B-I-H. J-O-D-A-H-I-B-I-H. A H I Tamika man named J B. No, B E Z A B I H. J B That's important because people who are listening who want to go find him online, they can't see the screen. Oh no, somebody and you know see. our you know our um J B. No, but I'm saying But he gave you the on stuff. iHeart, no, but on iHeart, yeah, you only hear us. I get it. And, and I'm hundred percent so you might you might be listening. And then you need the spelling. But he so said it during it to but read you can't, But he didn't read his name. He told you his but name. He, but he told you. But how are you going to spell it? What I'm going to say is this. Joe, JB had a hell of an interview. He talked about environmental justice and all the things we need. So it was a dope interview. Follow him. J, yeah, definitely. JB on all, I spelled it. <laughs> JB, so you will. JB um, on all platforms. She she spelled this so you just follow him, but yeah, no, but he he's talking about something that's really so serious and so many of our people it still goes over I, it goes over your head and it goes over my head it goes over yours like I'm mad they don't have plastic bags at the um grocery store that's you know why I want my plastic bags from the grocery store right. I'm gonna be really honest this is like probably they got plastic bags sometimes no, well, it depends see, on which one you, you go, go to, to I go to Walmart Walmart ain't supposed to have no plastic bags. they're supposed to be brown paper bags no nah, they got they have plastic bags well I. Like my plastic bags, you know why? Because I'm a plastic bag hoarder. So yeah. I put, I have another, you know how all black households, I don't know, maybe every household, but definitely. You just got a little place where you just put it's the little. It's a place you just keep shop. stacking them in there. So I have this place and I just keep, because every time I got to go somewhere, like in my suitcase, you know, everybody knows. Everybody who travel with me travels with me knows. I have everything in my suitcase. Everything. I have the wipes. This the spray the um and I was doing this beforehand. I got gloves, I have, so I have to put everything in a plastic bag because I want to keep things separated from one another. Mm -hmm. And so, because if you touches, then the whole purpose of trying to bring things and make your house and your hotel room and stuff clean the germs. And all the that. germs is touching, so I need I need plastic bags. Well, if you have to buy um Ziploc bags, that's too expensive. So I need the plastic bags. From the grocery shopping, so I could use them. And then I'm the person, this is one thing y'all don't know about me, but I actually save the bags. Like after I used them to travel, I, I keep <laughs> bring them all back home. <laughs> this is a lot about a plastic bag. This is a whole, we can do a whole episode about plastic bags. I love plastic This is unbelievable. But that's actually not good for the environment. The environment. Speaking of the environment, it brings me to my, I don't get it. <laughs> You know, since we're talking about the environment and we're talking about germs and packaging, eating things, right, eating right, and all these things. COVID. COVID. Yeah, you know me and you argue about this. A we do time argue time about time. it, but I, I, I'm guaranteeing you, you that you're not going to really argue about it today. I just want to know this, right? We travel to Atlanta. <laughs> we travel to Atlanta, right? We travel to Atlanta. We travel to Miami. We travel, and we travel to different states. Mm -hmm. All the time. All the time. 
And I just want to know, why does it seem like COVID is affecting Atlanta? Not affecting Atlanta. I mean, it doesn't feel like COVID is affecting Atlanta at all. It is, though. But it do- I'm just saying, when you walk, when you go to Atlanta, you don't <laughs> think COVID is existing. If you wasn't watching the news and all that, and you went to Atlanta, you wouldn't think we was in a pandemic. Well, our producer, Janet Rodriguez, just said that the Bronx seemed like they don't have COVID either. But, I mean, but, but the, we the do. Bronx always was like that, anyway. <laughs> but I'm just trying to figure out, there are a lot of places, but just to be honest, you know, just serious, there are a lot of places that have been open, right? Mm. And you don't see this drastic, you know, spike in the cases and the deaths in a lot of these places. And then that's places, not true. What do you mean? It's, it's not, not properly being reported. When Georgia specifically, mm-hmm. the governor was like, we ain't about to be putting out numbers all the time. But if you talk to Keisha Lance Bottoms' office, the mayor's office, she's like, COVID is spiking crazy. Now, I don't know if people are dying the way they did in New York. But the difference with New York and a place like Georgia is the fresh air. Like your point had always been, which I have, I kind of agree with the context of like what you're saying, not the specifics, but the context. I get it. Is that you can't have people locked in, you know, everybody in the house locked in because then the germs are just passing around, right? So people do need fresh air. And there was a point when they were like making you feel like you couldn't even go to the park and walk. And that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So I think in Georgia with the fresh air and people being, they don't live the way we live, the the projects, the the tenement buildings, the the co-ops, the condos, we live on top of one another. We share the same elevator buttons. We open in the same doors. So we spread things different in certain places. That's what I think. I don't... In Atlanta... See, this is what I'm trying to say. I hear what you're saying. But in Atlanta, <laughs> it's not what... That's what I'm trying to tell you. You you could walk into the regular just lounge and it's a million people. They touching everything. They giving you a pound. They, and it's the same people every time you go. It ain't like <laughs> so none of them is sick. Alive. That's what I'm saying. They, they ain't sick. Die. Anybody come back like, yo, such and such is mad sick. Yo, we got to do this. But it's the I just same think, I think people. you don't live there and don't see the local news. But I'm, it's not but, the, but I'm not talking about the local news. I'm talking about the local people. <laughs> I see the local people. My man's in them own a lot of restaurants. They own clubs. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they just... there every week. Every time you go there, the spot is open. It's the same people. They got, <laughs> they're giving handshakes. They love it. Okay. It ain't no COVID there. This is what I think we should do. So I'm trying to figure out. I don't saying... get how COVID is some places where it ain't nobody going outside. But it's play. it ain't where everybody is going outside. Like, I need to understand. <laughs> Explain to me how this is happening. I really just don't get it. I, I still think that. It has a lot to do with space and air and all of that. I don't know. Maybe they built up herd immunity faster. I really don't know. But what I do know is that we have a responsibility on this show to properly educate people. And we've been saying for over a year that we were going to find COVID experts and bring them on to talk because now but I listen we to have COVID experts talk every day. Yeah, but they don't. Ta- they, they don't, don't answer say that. anything. That's they, they just do. they say it's very strange. No, that's not like, true. What? No, they don't they, say it's when you at, They say we're not sure of all the details. Of but course. We know. So that means you're not really an expert. If you're not sure of the details. How can you be sure about a pandemic that just started that you never even... This is the first time you've ever so dealt with this So how can you be strand. an expert? You are an expert at 
that type of medicine no, you're not or that expert. type of Listen, of we do not we do not have a COVID expert. There's no such thing. That's not true because COVID has been around forever. A so, coronavirus has been around no, forever. No, I'm, I'm not talking about corona. I'm talking about COVID-19. There's co- no COVID-19 because there has been Along the way, all these experts have made long steps. They've told us this, and sometimes it's wrong. They yeah, told us okay, but that's okay. so that means you're no. That's means but you you're know not more about viruses no, that than means you that do. That means I bet you they know more about viruses than maybe you. Maybe they do, or maybe they don't. Who knows? Because they're not an expert. Because some of Nobody our brothers, an expert. some of our brothers who are online, right? Some of our own brothers, uh, Nineteen Keys, um, uh, Reza Islam, and others, they. Feel that they have some expert knowledge about things we should and should not be doing. Yeah. So we can't take away, we can't say there are no experts. I think there are different experts. You know there's a different expertise. There's no expert on COVID 19. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. Nobody knows what the fuck COVID 19 oh is. My God. It shows up when some people say they have it, they never even got a cough, they ain't had nothing. There's some people. There's that- some black doctors that know some things. And I think and we I'm should not get saying them they on don't know so we things. can drill them down. But because there is the no now- COVID-19 expert. Because if there was an expert, <laughs> mm-hmm. they would be able to give you every, okay, this is this, this is have. Nobody is able to give you a full <laughs> scope of this what COVID-19 is. is. We have a responsibility on street politicians to properly educate people. But we you can't educate put, because we ain't experts. Good, and it ain't no you expert. You put a very good question on the table. Why is it? Because you right. In Georgia... I've been, I've seen, I see them. Even when they get COVID. Miami too. But my, but my family members that had it that live in Georgia, they were very, very sick. Very sick. One of my cousins, we weren't sure, right? No, two. I had two cousins that one of them was on her deathbed and the other one was very sick. But now her daughter, one of them, the one that was on her deathbed, Raven, her daughter was around her and she never has had any real heavy like experience. Like she never... She, I don't even think she knows if she has antibodies. I don't think she knows if she ever had COVID at all. And she was around her mother while she was sick. So it's different things for different people. I don't know the answers, but I do know that especially with this conversation around the um, vaccine that we should make, because one of the things that bothers me about the vaccine that I'm I'm dealing with, right? Like I want my mother to be safe. I want to be safe. I want to help the society. I want us all to be a part of, the society that, you know, we work together, we make sure we're vaccinated, we take care of ourselves. But I'm not at the point I just of don't taking the vaccine. Concept. I don't get the concept. No, I, well, I do get the concept of taking the vaccine. I just don't. I mean, I get, do. no, that's an individual. No, I understand. This. But then, look, the I really, vaccine is an individual choice. Well, right? it's because not because it doesn't me, your operate. Physical, your physical anatomy, right, is unlike anybody else's physical anatomy. So the way a vaccine will react in your body even if it actually helps you or in how long it actually lasts is different for each and every individual. And I understand that. So understanding that reality, it should be your individual choice. If I have COVID, Mm -hmm. if I've had COVID and it doesn't affect me in the same manner in which it affects you, this is what I'm saying. That's not the point. No, why is it not the point? Because the point is if you are getting it and Mm -hmm. able to spread it, in the same way, that's where the dangers are. But and that, the reason so why, that means that the individuals who 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 feel like able to spread it in the same way. Yeah, but each, you, what do you mean? You don't know you if you don't do you know mean? if you come into contact. Listen, first of all, okay. I am not advocating for. But I'm just trying no, to. But, I want to understand the mindset that you have. No, but exactly, and that's okay. important because 
I don't want people to get the impression that I'm saying everybody needs to go out and take the vaccine because I have not. But I have family members who have, and I've also assisted elderly people and other individuals to get it because they call me saying I need access. How do I call, get it? And exactly. they need it. Right. But I also believe, and this mm -hmm. is what I have, my research has said, that if a vaccine is going to be highly effective, it's going to be effective because the masses have taken it so that we can bring the but spread down. What does down. that mean? Uh, but, Explain uh, to me how that I'm works. saying that vaccines are not, the way I've been told, the mm -hmm. way I have, what I have studied and heard, is that if you take a vaccine that actually works, right, mm -hmm. that doesn't have all the implications that we've been talking about, if you take a vaccine that actually works, the more people that take, take the vaccine, it protects the entire population or society in general. That's what I've been told. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to get to... But that's the same process okay. of herd immunity I, with, I without taking but I'm the just vaccine. Trying to say okay. Something. All I'm trying to say is that one of the things that has really bothered me is these, the fact that too many... Uh, social media networks and different entities seem to be silencing the voices of those who are raising very serious issues and concerns with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. That bothers me because I've seen throughout history where we have been prevented from getting knowledge that we need about imp important things. And I think that um, everybody, there should be mass debate and dialogue about the vaccine and instead of silencing the voices of those who are concerned or those who even feel we shouldn't be taking it, what should happen is that there be engagement. Because people like Ariza Islam and others like that, they have a following of people who listen to them. And so when you silence them or attempt to silence them, what happens is it causes more confusion rather than bringing someone like him to the table to sit down and say, let's go line for line. There should be people, to your point, experts, that are able to sit down and debate word for word. You say that it will cause this problem, here's my the counterbalance. And then give some of us the opportunity to listen to that and say, okay, I think that I'm going to take the vaccine because I feel comfortable that there's been enough information given, or I'm not gonna take it because I, I agree with others who are against it. But right now, I feel like the disinformation that exists just by the fact that we don't have enough information is very dangerous. That's my opinion. So I wasn't saying take, don't take the take. I was just saying that I think the way the vaccines are supposed to work is that the more people who participate, the better it is for society overall. But I also feel very concerned and unnervy, or I feel nervous about it. My, my process, you know, my point of view it differs. Matters, so you, go. you know, it, it just differs. I just believe that um, as individuals, when you take the individual vaccine, it's supposed to protect you. Right. If you made a decision that you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to catch COVID, your, your immune system is not strong enough. You don't know how it's going to affect you. You don't want, and you made a conscious decision that this is something that you're willing to risk, whether it, it goes along with your molecular structure, whether it's going to affect you. If you made that conscious decision that mm -hmm. that's how you feel as an individual, I believe you should do that. Right. 
I also believe that as an individual, if you believe that you've done everything health-wise in which you're eating properly, your immune system is strong, you're doing all these things. We agree on and, that. And you believe that, okay, I'm healthy enough that I, I can sustain. I don't want to put a chemical in my body that I don't know how my body's going to react to, right? Okay. I, I think you should that. be able to have that choice as an individual. And I don't think that you should be pressured to believe that if you don't want to take a vaccine, that you're not doing the global world of justice, right? Because... They also said when they when they talk about herd immunity, herd immunity was something that they said would develop without a vaccine. It, it, it didn't it didn't factor in the vaccine. They said herd immunity is when you actually enough people get it and then they become immune. People start to become immune around being around each other because it starts to the body starts to adjust. And that's to why the chemical. I so, say that we need. I think this show mm-hmm. should be a platform because we the, nobody tells us that who we can have on this show. Yes, I think this show should be a place where we have people who are on both sides of these issues to come and talk without them being either side being silenced because it's important that our communities be educated about the whole picture, not just the person that they love and listen to. That's cool. But there's more to learning than just listening to one aspect of any dialogue. Okay. Well. That's my opinion. With that said, we've come to another, the end of another beautiful show. This is the number one podcast in the, the world. The number one podcast We're number one. Thank number you. One. Thank y'all for making almost, us number almost, one. Almost. No, no, no. Almost. You got to speak. Come on. Now. Speak I speak it Number one, number one, number, like, one number one. This is number one podcast <laughs> in the world. And we appreciate y'all. If you have topics that you want to discuss. You know, please hit us up, hit hit us us up. up send us messages. Yeah. Tell us if you love our show. Tell us how much you, because we know you love the show. Just tell us how much you love the show. And we just want to say thank y'all. We appreciate y'all for tuning in with us every week. I'm not going to always be right. Miss Mallory is not going to always be wrong, but she'll most likely be wrong more than I am. <laughs> but we will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Yeah. Peace, y'all. Sweet. Thanks for joining. Street politicians. Politicians! My man JB. JB. He was good. He know what he talking about over there in Ethiopia. JB. I don't know his name. (laughs) That's how we own it. 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 This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. 
Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.